Hi, I'm Alicia Michalisek Kurtz, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where doctors and other healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear the first of four stories recorded live at a Real Talk session with the emergency medicine residency doctors at LSU New Orleans. Today's story comes from Dr. Bo Sakocha, a second-year resident at LSU, originally from past Christian, Mississippi. If you've ever watched any of the medical dramas scattered across TV these days, you are keenly aware of the fact that doctors deal with some pretty intense stuff. That's what makes medicine, especially acute care like emergency medicine or trauma surgery, so perfect for TV. It's exciting and dramatic, full of emotion and the unexpected, high intensity, life and death. The stories grab you. You feel invested in these characters while you're along for the ride on these roller coaster stories. But in the end, that's what they are. Stories, works of fiction, highly edited plots designed to entertain you and tug at your heartstrings. Actors and actresses, costume designers, makeup artists, all of whom pack up and go home at the end of the day. In real life, that's definitely not how it works. The stories we witness at work each day, they're not fiction. They're real. They aren't artificially designed to make us feel things and bring us back for the next episode. It's real people going through real stress. It's actual unspeakable tragedy and violence. It's permanent life-changing news that we somehow have to find the words to explain, and then we remain imprinted in that patient or that family's memory forever. The nurse who cared for dad when he was super sick with sepsis. The PA that told my sister her belly pain was from cancer. The doctor that told me my child was dead. And of course, not everything we do is totally depressing and sad. I mean, we give great news too. Your cancer is gone. It's a girl. Turns out it's not coronavirus and you can get off the boat. But the reality is, those heavier moments, they stay with us. While they're permanent memories for our patients, they are lasting and sometimes permanent memories for us too. And over time, it's hard to know what you're supposed to do with that. How do you process seeing that side of reality? the best and literal worst of what humanity has to offer, the senseless violence, tragic deaths, suicide, pediatric traumas, bad outcomes, terrible effects of drug and alcohol abuse. All of that is real. And it doesn't just go away or change when we clock out for the day. It stays with us, in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. And it changes us in ways that it's kind of hard to explain. This is Bo's story. Um, so my daughter May was born halfway through my fourth year of medical school. I uh, had picked emergency in medicine in part because I knew she was coming and I wanted to be present in her life. Uh, but when she was born and I remember holding her for the first time, her like small little body crying like a dying cat to my chest. 
her breathing matching my own. I was taken back to an early memory of mine, falling asleep on my own dad's chest, and I felt connected to him as a father, and I felt love for her in a way I couldn't have known before. And everything up until that point started to fade. I had just finished all my interviews for residency, and I forgot everything that I had learned on those residency interviews. And what made sense to me at the time was to give our family, me and Claire and May, a chance to succeed. And that was to be here, to be in New Orleans where Claire had her photography business and we had connections and we had support. And so matching here and starting residency here was wonderful. And it gave me the chance to be there for her. But it's not always easy to make that transition from work to home life. Um, It was probably about a year later, I caught one of those cases that sticks with you. So I'd heard there was an activation overhead and went over to the AR and enrolled three children. Two were dead, and then the other was 13. She had depressed skull fractures. She was moving one arm. She was looking, but not speaking. She wasn't responding. So I jumped into intern mode, and I helped strip her down. And I remember, like, not being able to process it I just like focus on these weird details like she's wearing little girl underwear that I had to cut off and I was just like oh like what what's going on and so finished the primary survey secondary survey and uh Luis was at the head of the bed after we ran through everything and he's like Bo what are you doing here like you're not in the AR today and I was like oh I, I'm, I'm sorry yeah I just wanted to help out thought and he was like you should you should go and I a few minutes later I was outside my house 8 a.m. on a Tuesday, and inside, Claire and May were just getting ready. So Claire is a photographer, and she was going to work and just getting things together. And May was probably drooling, because that's what she did at the time. Um, And I just sat there in my car, really unclear about, like, how I should share. Like, what should I tell them? I wanted to tell them something, but didn't, didn't know what to say. And so... I kind of decided not to say anything. I just went in, gave Claire a hug, uh, gave May a kiss, and just laid down, tried to go to sleep. And then over the next couple of days, figured out, basically by talking to you guys, like, how to handle that. And it was just, like, little questions, like, oh, what do you do when you have these cases, asking faculty, and never really got the clear answer, because I don't think there is one. But eventually just sort of realized that that trauma was not my own. And I was able to to create a little space. And then I told Claire about it as like, this is something that happened to me a few days ago. And I don't know, she senses that distance. You know, she knows that I'm not always bringing everything home. She asks me how I'm doing. And I I tell her, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And she like teases me that I'm like kind of like a sullen teenager. I can't. And I just don't know what to say. And then with May, I just like totally tune everything out and just like get where she's at. She's two now and she's sort of speaking and she just invents these games and I just play along with her. So when I'm at home and she sees me on the couch, she says, daddy sleep. And I like lay down and pretend to sleep. She takes a little dish towel. She puts that dish towel over me and I'm asleep. She does the same thing with all her little animals. She's got like a lion and a bear and a baby doll. She named baby doll and she lays them down and she takes dish towels and she puts them over each one of them. And then sometimes she suckles them and then she makes me breastfeed them and then we get them there. 
And you just go along with it because she's two and she's like, that's a release for me. And obviously, well, I don't know what it is to her, but uh, I don't tell her what I see, which is that at the end of that with like four stuffed animals with sheets overhead, it looks like a mass casualty incident. No survivors. But that's my burden. It's not hers. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I build that wall between work and home. And I share with you guys because you guys give me the support I need and you understand what we see when we see those unspeakable things that we can't talk about over dinner, that we can't, you know, you just can't bring that home all the time. But it does give me a chance to let that off my chest. And then when I'm at home, I don't know, I'll play, put the dolls to sleep with my daughter and it's fine. Thank you. Bo's story highlights the way that our work in healthcare becomes a permanent part of us, how we carry with us the memories and experiences we've had, and it shapes our lens of the world, whether we like it or not. We can't escape our own dark humor, how seeing a bunch of teddy bears sweetly tucked in for sleep by a toddler is a mass casualty scene with no survivors in our eyes. But like Bo said, that's our burden. Carrying those memories, those tragedies, those unspeakable things we see and deal with in our everyday, that's ours to carry. But it's not ours to carry as in ours alone. It's ours, as in ours as a community of healthcare providers, to carry together and in support of each other when the weight is more heavy. We have to create spaces where it's safe for us to speak the unspeakable things we see, to share them with each other, to acknowledge that this is not normal, even if it seems common in our experiences at work. And like Bo said, it's not our trauma. And we do have to learn ways to separate that tragedy from our own lives, to cherish the beautiful relationships and safety we experience at home, even as many of our patients aren't afforded that luxury. What do you do when you have tragedy or difficult cases at work? Who do you or could you turn to to process it? How do you establish that balance, letting yourself feel whatever it is you feel in processing these kinds of cases, but also putting boundaries on that trauma so you can still go home and live a normal-ish life? For what it's worth, I don't know that there are right or wrong ways to answer these kinds of questions, and I don't have a magic bullet for how to deal with these cases, but I do know this. We need to do a better job of making space and taking time to talk to each other when this stuff happens. It needs to be more normal for us to just take that beat and process. Even if all we conclude together is, Wow, yeah, that was really messed up. Or that was really sad. We don't have to have solutions to these tragedies, but we do need to share them so that we can carry that burden together. Thank you to Bo Sakocha for sharing his story with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk.
Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or figure out how to bring Real Talk to your residency program? Head to www.vituity.com forward slash Real Talk for more information. Or email us at realtalk at vituity.com.